So hello, and how are you doing? Um, I was just wondering if you uh, could uh, introduce yourselves. Uh, sure. My name is Vanessa Winter, and I'm the co-writer and co-director of Deadstream. I'm Joseph Winter. We're married, and we are, I am the co-writer, co-director on Deadstream, and I play Sean. Awesome. So it's really good to see you guys. Um, I just wanted to ask a few questions. Uh, you know, it's been a while since the film was released. I, you know, I saw it at the film festival. I loved it. Um, how does it feel now since it, time has passed? You know, how do you think, uh, what do you, what are your thoughts about the film now? Good question. I, th I think the further the production gets away, the, the funner the movie seems. Really? <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, I would just, agree with uh, that. I just remember all the good memories. Also, I will say the more distance between the last time I've seen the movie mm -hmm. and now, the more fondly I think of the movie. Because like, it's fun to interact with people who are having a good time with the movie. And that would happen between festival screenings. And then yeah. we would go to one and have to sit and watch it. And then suddenly that bubble would start crashing down and and I'd start to be aware of like the self-consciousness of certain aspects like the insecure aspects for us with the movie so mm -hmm. um it's kind of nice having that distance yeah I think when you're the editor of the film there is yeah. that tendency to write afterward when you're watching it to keep be, like watching it through the editor eyes of seeing mm. the mistakes or the things you couldn't fix or some problem areas or something like that. So yeah, I think the further it gets away, but like you get away from that, the more fun it is to just see people have fun with the movie. And I'm also really glad that people are just watching it mm. and that, yeah, there's enough interest that we're having a Blu-ray, like a Blu-ray release. That's really cool. Yeah. I, you know, um, I actually know quite a few films that they're great films that actually don't get, um, a release at all on um, physical media so I think it really does say something great about Deadstream that you are getting a steelbook <laughs> it's I mean it, it you know there are some films out there that I mean were never released at all so I think I know I think you're doing pretty good I will say what thank you for saying that I will say our team was very shocked when we got news about the steelbook that was, I mean, we were just like, oh, Blu-ray, Blu-ray. And then we're like, oh, DVD, that'll be fine. It'll be on someone's shelf. But then they yeah. jumped just Blu-ray and said, actually, you're getting a steel book. And we were we were in disbelief about that because it didn't feel like Deadstream had any business having like a collector's edition, anything. <laughs> and we're, we're really grateful for how things have turned out with that. We also like physical media. We have a, a horror movie collection. So that's, that's pretty fun. Okay, so I'm going to ask because you mentioned it. How many video? How many uh, pieces of physical media do you have? Blu-rays. Oh, oh, we have. So I would. We, we, have, we, have, we have problems. I would like, have problems. problems. Yeah. <laughs> I would say the number is with VHSs is where it's probably the most out of hand. I actually had to start pruning the collection. Remember recently? I know. Which no. sucks. I but not the horror stuff. It was more like. We had to make room for kids' books. Yeah, children. <laughs> um, but we're we're collectors. The yeah, I don't know how many we have. In answer to your question, 
Sorry, I didn't well, mean to interrupt you. You just can't count that high. That's <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, that's the thing is I find it very interesting that you still have videotapes. Um, I have videotapes. I mean, I don't have like a really large collection because I lost a lot of stuff in some moves and various yeah. situations. But I'm starting it's starting to grow again. And yes, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've looked through some boxes and I found some videotapes. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know I still have that. Don't <laughs> they have the best art though no feel because um the vhs's that i have that i love putting on the shelf they just have the the coolest art now um horror has started doing that again with mm -hmm. art i feel like the distributors have started to catch up with what the horror fans want because they used to for a while were very generic on dvds and blu-rays mm -hmm. but now yeah. they're starting to get a little bit more interesting like something you would want to have um on display front facing on your shelf but i feel like back in the day of vhs most of the cover art was actually really cool stuff I'd want to have on my shelf. Yeah. I think that's because they were really, they really saw the value of having an extraordinarily good um, cover because that could sell honestly a movie that wasn't very good. Yeah. I know I was in a movie once and the cover art is great, but the movie mm. <laughs> 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 but that's the thing is, um, and I wanted to get a little into, um, you. I can see some horror collection stuff on the end. So you guys are definitely big horror fans. What what um, actually made you think you want to make a horror movie like Deadstream? What, where where'd the idea come from? Well, do you want to go? It, it came, well, I think it came from a little bit of a different place for both of us. Um, Joseph, I think, had something in his mind with a particular character and tone mm -hmm. um, that I wasn't really, he was. He would tell me about it, but I wasn't really taking it seriously mm -hmm. until somehow it got floated that there would be an exploding head later in the movie. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. And then I started kind of forming my own like version of the movie, something that was live stream and much more action packed. Uh, I don't know, is this... But he had a separate movie that was very comedic based. Yeah, it wasn't the same character we ended up with. I was yeah. always going to play. So to back up, so horror was like inevitable. It was going to happen. That's the space that we were living in for years. Mm -hmm. And uh, but this particular film, the uh, the objective here was how do we get past the barrier of finances to mm -hmm. get a movie off the ground? So we were looking at what about a creative challenge of if we were going to do found footage, something that we could film ourselves or pay for ourselves what would that be and that's where it started to formulate this particular movie and its different iterations um and then like tone and and that sort of thing that was just part of who we were and what we liked that we ended up putting into it yeah i think joseph at first like first tapped into the soul of the movie when he was coming up with a character that was in a haunted house but the opposite of somebody that would want to stay in a haunted house just somebody who was terrified of ghosts or the idea of it, but was in there by himself anyway. And then it kind of became what kind of character would do that to themselves. Mm. And that kind of became the seed of the movie. And then as soon as, yeah, as soon as I felt like it was going to go Evil Dead or 80s Creature Feature, but be found footage, that became really fun to me. And then that's kind of how it happened. 
Yeah. So you guys are you guys are collaborators. Obviously, you're married. Um, how does the workflow or the division between like what you're doing, like um, where I guess like with writing and then eventually directing, like on set? That's evolving too, um, because every time a new project comes around, we we start changing up how we've done it um, and trying new things and trying to make it smoother, trying to where we used to do everything the exact same way together. Mm -hmm. That over time is like, that's kind of a waste of having two people. And we're starting to find ways to delineate where we can end up getting more done um, and use our strengths. So we're still working on that. But we were forced into that a little bit on the first day of Deadstream. Mm -hmm. It was very uh, disastrous logistically, which led to creatively disastrous. And when we regrouped, um, I, as an actor, was in over my head with the reality of what was actually happening. And Vanessa had to take the reins of what we had usually been doing together as mm -hmm. co-directors in the past and started to be like, I'm going to protect you as an actor more when you're here in your costume. And and like just try to like people come to her specifically with questions and, and stuff. And so that delineation started to happen then. Yeah. I think the collaboration process um, nat kind of naturally evolved because we we met in film school and so we've always been writing and directing on our own but giving each other notes and helping and bouncing ideas off of each other and so I think over just the I mean we have been working together for almost 10 years before we started doing mm -hmm. Deadstream I think that just us collaborating and having our hands in each other's projects made it pretty easy to just kind of fuse together for Deadstream. In some ways, I was surprised at how during the scripting process, I thought we were going to need a captain or somebody making like the final the final calls. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we ended up just just doing it together. I think it was a very much a fusion of both of us. And we ended up coming to the same decisions together. So um, that was kind of it's it's cool to have that history in a way that you get to know each other well enough so that when you do have to come together, um, I don't know, it, it worked. Yeah. And um, so that's good to hear that you guys have been working together since film school. And um, that makes sense, to be honest, that you guys like have that kind of collaboration that works, that kind of um, not only works well together, but you can kind of improvise when you need to do different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how much fun was that shoot? <laughs> it's fun looking back at it now, now that it's yeah. been three years since we shot it. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it was, a, to me, from my personal experience, I didn't have all the cameras strapped to my body sitting in a bathtub for 14 hours. Mm. Um, yeah. Like Joseph did. <laughs> but it was, it was extremely, it was extremely stressful, extremely hot. All the, all the movie making things of things going wrong. Um, but we had such a great small crew. Um, our creature designer and our makeup effects artists were huge horror fans. Mm -hmm. And Melanie Stone, the co-lead, like co-lead was also, um, 
she's also really into horror. And so there, there was just this really fun aspect of everybody being there out of passion. That's really mm-hmm. rare on a film set. <clears throat> um, so for me, there was, there was definitely the grueling hard times, but there was also a lot of highs. That's of what I want to just having fun making a horror movie. Absolutely. So when I say now that there's distance, I look back and like, well, that was fun because it's easier for me to see the big picture of like what was really going on, which I felt even during the really hard times, which sometimes could be very excruciating physically, um, there was a sense from the team that we were a team. And there was this incredible loyalty from everyone that I'd never felt before on a project. And everyone had each other's backs and everyone, there were things that people stepped up to and volunteered to do when they did not have to. We were telling people we've worked way too long and we were sending people home. We're just going to stay behind and get this thing. And people wouldn't go. And they, they were just so committed to the project. And that feeling was there the entire time. And that's the thing that I feel the most when I look back at the movie now. That being said, Joseph did spend 14 hours in a bathtub of dirty water. And he was also <laughs> you do okay. oh he was also crawling around the ground in sub-zero weather for some of we shot in the middle of summer, like the hottest of hot weather. And then we also shot some scenes in October, outside shots. And for whatever reason, a huge snow like snowstorm came in right before. And so the weather was really cold. So Joseph went Joseph went through some pain for the character. A lot of I think a lot of people did, but in a way that it felt awesome because we were we were a team doing it together. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, like the entire film has like a real feeling of like I hate to say the word fun, but there's a very like a real lightness and that's what I think helps the audience enjoy it even though some of the stuff is like you know like there's the gross effects and and like the violence but it's always very it's got this lightness to it that makes it so much easier to enjoy which you guys um, managed to get that tone to really well thank you for saying that I what were you gonna say I was just gonna say it's really cool if the the fun and the love of horror that we were having on set came across for the viewer too like if that if that actually happened that's really cool i know it felt good for me to bring smiles to faces in a horror movie um at a time when it felt like people weren't smiling enough and just seeing how much people were able to have fun with it even the parts that we took really seriously with the scares that has made me really happy yeah Oh no! Well, I saw the I saw it at Beyond Fest. You know, I, I watched it at home for the festival, but I saw it at Beyond Fest, and people were just loving it. It was. So you were at? Were you at the screening that we were at? The I was. I was, and I was one of the people who was screaming, and, and <laughs> I was just like, something happened, and I I had already seen the scene like a number of times, so I totally <laughs> knew it was coming, but I'm still like. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did the whole full voice scream because you know it's it just works so well and people were just enjoying themselves in the theater that it was so much easier to like just really get into it and like be able to enjoy yourself that was, that was my favorite crowd was the beyond fest crowd yeah there were some really I good ones along the way <laughs> yeah like we had some really good experiences beyond fest was next level 
every they were laughing at all of the jokes <laughs> the ones that never worked before people were laughing it was pretty cool <laughs> yeah beyond fest has a really strong horror audience like you know they do a lot of other types of genre picks and and stuff you know different things like they had rrr there last year they're showing you know tollywood films but the basis of the beyond fest audience is really horror there's like a lot of people who just adore horror so much that you know this this movie that's why the movie played so well because it was a real horror audience <laughs> they're big big <laughs> hardcore fans who saw everything you guys were doing and were like god this is I'm so no. glad we got to be there for that because there was a there was an overlap where we may not have been able to go, but I'm really grateful we were able to make it work. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys were there. And I know it's important sometimes for filmmakers to actually like see an audience, how they react to a film. And, you know, it, it's obviously gratifying, but it's different in, in a way. It just kind of really... I don't want to say it's a reward, but it, it definitely kind of affirms that, you know, what you're doing is something that the audience is really responding to, I think. Yeah. I, agree. I agree. I think it's, I think it's helpful in ways, like in one way, I think learning as a filmmaker, mm -hmm. um, watching people respond to the story in real time is really helpful. And then I think it's also nice just because I think people make art and are fans of art to connect and so I just really like the movie going experience for that reason, whether I'm the fan or the filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really, it really does change how you perceive the film, I think. You know, just from like watching it on TV, watching Deadstream on TV versus watching it in a theater, totally, it is another level. And um, I don't think you can really replace that type of thing at all you're watching it on a laptop or even in your house with a big screen and a big sound system it's not the same i agree very grateful for the experience that we got to do that several times i didn't yeah. know you're making the movie that was just casting crew screening maybe but we didn't think beyond that it would have like a, a theater opportunity for us yeah that's and i'm so glad that you got that um uh what you know, we kind of talked, you know, obviously they're the challenging things. What, while you were making the film, um, what were the most rewarding things for you? Um, I think for me, it was seeing some of the risks uh, pay off. So there was, uh, there was some tonal, tonal risks that we were taking with trying to, I think with, um, uh, there's a it's a combination of both one is that the main character ends up actually fist fighting with a ghost so you're showing a lot of uh, you're showing a lot of effects really close up and in a found footage way where the light is just blaring right on the makeup th and the effects and so and we wanted to do everything practically so there was some big risks that we were taking there and if you compare the first half of the movie with the second half of the movie they're very different the second half of the movie goes very bonkers and kind of off the rails and we weren't sure if audiences would stick around for that um, in, in both ways. We, we thought we might lose some people at the midpoint and we thought some people might not make it through the first half of not a lot happening <laughs> until all of the monsters show up. So I think um, seeing some of those risks 
uh, payoff, seeing some of the the creature effects that the team wanted to try, uh, the designer and the makeup effects artist, seeing some of those work on camera, um, that was some of the most rewarding for me. I would I would agree. It's big swings that worked and that we didn't know worked until we were seeing it with people. Um, like in particular, uh, one that I'm thinking of is there's a part where Sean is arguing with a rope that's hanging and <laughs> yeah. you hear Mildred's voice and um, it's just on his face. And he's they say weird things in that moment that struck me as really funny. But I also there was a self-consciousness about it. It's like, but what if it's not? And we didn't know all the way through the process. And you're watching it with people, you kind of forget about it. And then they're big laughs. And then, I mean, that feels really good to see like, okay, doing something that was unusual, but was instinctual is really fun to see that payoff. Mm. And uh, about the effects, you know, I think they were, they worked wonderfully. I just wanted to like ask you a little bit about how you ended up working with the team that you worked with. Um, yeah, Troy Larson is the creature designer and we had worked with him. I worked with him on a commercial project for Not Scary Farm and Joseph had, Joseph originally linked up with him for some short films and we were just really big fans of his work. Um, and he was really into horror. And so we pitched it to him at kind of the perfect time because his current employment um, was being affected by COVID. Uh, mm. So things are slow for him. And so it ended up being a great time where he could take on a bigger project. Um, so we were just so, so lucky to have him because he's so creative and so into horror and creature effects and he got the tone immediately. Um, so that was just such an awesome, awesome collaboration. And then Michaela Kester is the makeup effects artist and I've been following her for a while. Um, and she's the same, just a, a horror fanatic uh, that I think his work is just so excellent. And so getting those guys together uh, just ended up being really creative, mad, fun times. Yeah. In the best ways. Awesome. And um, Melanie, how did you find her? Because she's a, such a great part of the film. Melanie's uh, been she's so good. She's been a really close friend of ours, I would say for like, almost 10 years now or maybe even the full 10 now yeah so she was also a frequent collaborator that I think as soon as she was excited about the character it brought a new dimension mm -hmm. because all of a sudden I could see I could see a dimensional villain who mm -hmm. would just be really fun and bring the comedy and the scare scariness uh so that ended up being a big defining personality thing we knew she could play the innocent Chrissy part really really well we knew there was that side to her we mm -hmm. also knew she could play the flip side really really well and it was we had that confidence writing it knowing that she would do it yeah and um I like that you guys um ended up uh working with her again because your casting is really really good um with uh VHS 99 and uh, your segment. Um, Thank you. Having her in, in that, and, you know, kind of doing a, a different character, but also uh, that's a little similar, but just like making it different and, and so fun. I mean, the segment was really, I really enjoyed the segment as well. It's, it's just, again, so fun and just like wild, you know? 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the ending, but that ending, I was like, ooh. <laughs> 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 oh my God, what did you guys do? But it was, it's perfect for VHS. Because they, yeah. oh, they've thanks. had yeah. like killer endings before where they're just like, you're just like, what the hell? And, <laughs> you know, it, it totally fit in with that, with the, uh, with the movie's aesthetic when you you ended it just like that it's like <laughs> it, it, it was perfect it was great fun and i i loved it too and i love that you were working with melanie again because they and the casting of the other characters was also very good um oh, thanks, thanks for saying that we don't get to talk about vhs 99 very much it just we just haven't and the the pr for that was very short-lived yeah yeah, the care the character, the actors we got to work with and the characters were really fun. And Melanie, Melanie's also just an amazing storyteller. She's also a writer, and I feel like as a as a performer, she just always brings something extra special. So yeah. I I have a special place in my heart for her VHS performance. I thought it was really fun. I thought you were gonna say for her, period. That well, I, also okay, for I her. just VHS. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought, well, you know, since I have you here, why why not ask if, if that's cool? But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it so much. And, it, it, you know, I just thought you, you really guys, you guys really pulled a, off a, an impressive uh, trick. You basically constructed hell. <laughs> <laughs> just like you brought hell into it. Just like oh my gosh but um yeah it, it was really just um just the great um a great like uh you know how they're always like you're gonna have a great follow-up you guys kind of already did <laughs> so <laughs> so you know um how did you end up getting involved with uh 99 you want to tell the story uh, should I tell the true story? Yeah, tell the true story. I was talking to Sam Zimmerman of Shudder, and uh, this was right after Deadstream premiered at South By. No, it was right before it premiered at South By. The movie, no one had seen it besides just some screeners. And uh, anyway, I just blurted out, I really want to be involved with, another, with a VHS movie in the future. Mm -hmm just floated it it was kind of awkward but he's like you know he told us there might be something in the works and then uh <laughs> we even followed up I sent, <laughs> I sent a follow-up email and I, it was just something you know a shot in the dark of hey remember when we talked about vhs just wondering if if there was a, if that was real no i didn't say it but, like that it was something yeah. like that but he didn't respond for weeks but, yeah, like so we just were like oh, i was awkward. like oh yeah but the thing is i guess that's just how stuff gets made i mean you just got to do that you got to make yourself uncomfortable um and that's just the sad reality but then i think uh the end of the story is i think a spot opened up and he was actually serious and thought of us and recommended us and that's that's how we got to be a part of 99 but, but also yeah, we because just... we, we brought it up. Like, I, I honestly think, like, there's a I'm saying this because if somebody reading or listening or whatever, like, you got to be aggressive and follow up as uncomfortable as it is for sensitive artists to do that. It's mm -hmm. necessary for opportunities to be created. Yeah. 
and it's a great point. I mean, um, you've got if you don't you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's true, and I think that's a very important point that um, you know because artists they are you know they're sensitive. They're like, well, what if you know people don't like what I do, and you know what I do is not important enough. You know, I'm not well known enough. Uh, I think you know that's that's a good message to let people know that yeah yeah it works you know, yeah. and you were in the right place at the right time to ask that question, certainly. Yeah. So you, you you guys took advantage of that, of that opportunity, which is great. Yeah, we, we had fun. It was fun. And we also love VHS. So it was really cool to get to be a part of it. Yeah. So you're, you're a fan of VHS. Me too. Yeah. And I really thought what you did perfectly fit into the into 99 in particular, but in the series itself, I think I thought it really, really worked. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to see the next one. Oh God, me too. Oh, <laughs> I heard it's gonna, um, I heard it's gonna swing dark, which is kind of, kind of fun. Ooh, um, darker. <laughs> darker. Yeah. Darker. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty dark anyway. So I'm just yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> Oh, 99 had some lightness to it yeah. at times and i think this one i maybe we shouldn't even say that but i think this one may not have that at all mm. i don't i don't know we don't actually know though we're not like we're not reliable sources so okay uh, <laughs> and if if you had any advice to people who like you know were you know up and coming or you know, people who want to make a film, what, what would you, advice would you give them? Um, mine, my advice is just to keep at it. I think that it's hard to get a film off the ground and it never happens as fast as you think it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that also doing, doing stuff in the meantime, like you may have your, your project that you really want to do. But I think that still creating, even if it's just little shorts that only a small number of people will see, I think that just keep going at the craft um, and eventually you'll, the opportunities will align. But I know for a lot of filmmakers, it can be really frustrating waiting, waiting for that to happen. Mm -hmm. So my advice is just keep going. <laughs> yeah. My advice is, um, I know there's a lot of talk about you can shoot a movie on your phone and it doesn't really matter what you use these days. There is some truth to that. However, I will say if you're like, I want to make something for distribution for potential money making and take a risk in that way, the way camera equipment is now, it's not that expensive relative to what it used to be. And if you're putting some money up, filming something in such a way that it looks professional and is distributable is really important so you can maximize your investment. And a lot of people think that if they're doing low budget, it needs to inevitably look low budget, but it doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. There are ways to like- Get good sound. Get good sound, get good sound and, and then invest in a camera rental. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. And do you guys have anything in the works right now? Yeah, nothing that we're allowed to announce yet, but I think after the strike, 
there'll be <laughs> hopefully there'll be a press release shortly after but i think that if you enjoyed our other two films so far i think you would enjoy this yeah. one more horror yay <laughs> very happy very happy to hear that but you know i'd be interested if you guys just made a straight comedy i would be totally be interested because i'm sure it would be very funny Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Really nice. <laughs> I think you guys could turn your hands to just about anything. So that that's just my opinion. Thank you. But yeah. Well, this is my favorite interview. 